Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. you're enjoying this series because I'm loving it. This has helped us so much uh, through this, uh, through the last few years. Melissa and I have read this book. Uh, She's read it a couple times. I've read it a couple times and we're just, we love what it teaches. And so today we're going to talk about the journey through the wall, the journey through the wall. Last week we talked about going back to go forward. And after we go back, we realize how much our past affects us. And when we really examine our lives, we begin to understand, man, there's some walls that I've had in my life. And when we hit these walls, we really have a choice. Am I going to go through it or am I going to sit down? Now, question for you, and let's see if you're honest in the comments and you can respond. How many of you like to have control? How many of you like to have control? I can tell you that there's a part of me that I like to have control. I like to know what's going on. Uh, Pastor Melissa will tell you, I'm not a big fan of surprises. Um, If it happens immediately, I'm all right. But if I know something's coming, it throws me right off because I I don't like the fact I don't know what's going to happen. And so here's some fun. Um, If no one else, I see a couple people are responding like, you know, yep, I like to have control. But here, let's have some fun. In your living rooms, if you're as a family, you don't need to comment on this. I'm going to start um, family disputes, but I'm going to do it in a kind, loving, hopefully joking way. And I hope that you just laugh and have fun with it. But I want to know in your family, I want you to take a moment and I'm going to rhyme off. I think I I have three things to see who likes to have control. And I want you to point at the person in your room who likes to have control and be honest. You are allowed to point at yourself, okay? So here is the first question of who likes to be in control. Who has control over the remote of the TV? Who likes to have control of the remote of the TV all the time? Point it out. Who is it? I will tell you that a lot of times in my house, I actually don't have the remote. I know most people are like, well, it's probably Chad. But honestly, it's probably Miles. He uh, feels like it's a magnet to his hand. And if it's not Miles, a lot of times it's Melissa because she likes to uh, adjust the volume. She likes to have control of the volume, not necessarily what uh, we're watching, but she likes to have control of the volume. The other one, who always has to drive? Who always has to drive? Is there one in your family? Now, understand, most times you'll see Melissa and I, I'm driving, but that's not really a control thing. That is, she prefers that I drive. And so... In your families, is there somebody that's like a control freak, has to have control of the wheel, has to be driving all the time? And who needs a minute-by-minute schedule on holidays? On holidays, who needs a minute-by-minute schedule that just can't handle relaxing and just can't handle just going with the flow? Who has the schedule. And so as we look through, uh, as we go through going through the wall and as we talk about it, it is about control. It is a lot about um, giving control and power over to God and handing it over to him. And so as we look at this, Peter refers to in his book, the critical journey, the stages 
in life of faith. He refers to this. And what we're going to look at real fast are these different stages, because we have to understand these stages to understand going through the wall. And so these stages um, understand our relationship and how we grow in our walk with the Lord. And sadly, as I said earlier, when it comes to these stages and when it comes to going through, going through the wall, you have a choice. You don't have to go through the wall. You don't have to go through the wall. You don't have to choose to go through. You can sit back. And this is why we see um, people who have been so on fire for God come up against something hard and all of a sudden walk away from their faith because it's been so devastating. And so here are the stages of faith. The first one is life, just life, life changing awareness of God, our life changing awareness of God. And this is when we come to an awareness that God exists. Oh my goodness. This is the life changing of that moment of like, there is a God and I need him in my life. The second one is discipleship. Discipleship is where we're beginning to learn and grow in our walk with God. We get connected to a church and we begin growing in some of the disciplines of faith. And many of us are in this part of it right now. Many of us, this is the area that we're in. But sadly, a lot of Christians don't move beyond this stage. And this is where I'm encouraging you as you come back to the church to step into number three, which is the active life, which is the doing part of our faith. Now, I know as we're walking through this series, we're saying it's not just about doing, and it's not, but we do need to be serving because as the scriptures tell us, we're all a part of the body of Christ, and we need every part of the body for us to function healthily. And so the active part is doing it, serving God by serving others and using all of our talents and our gifts to serve Christ. You see on a Sunday morning, the worship team, they're all talented and gifted musicians but they come in and they serve and you should hear the prayers in this room or in the prayer room before the service where every one of them prays and asks the Lord, Father, I just lay down all of my gifts before you because they're from you and we just want to worship you. We want to worship you. And so we're using our talents. And the fourth one is what we're going to talk about today, the wall and the journey inward. We're going to look at the inward process of how we grow in our walk with the Lord. Peter says in his book that 85% of Christians don't make it past the wall. They hit the wall and they stop. They hit the wall and they stop. Here's a quote from Peter in the EHS book. It says this, Notice that the wall and the journey inward are closely related. The wall compels us into the journey inward. In some cases, the journey inward eventually leads us to the wall. Most importantly, remember, it is God who brings us to the wall. So whether um, it's an inward journey or what, God always brings us to this wall because he wants us to move forward. He wants us to grow in our faith. And then number five is the journey outward. We've gone through the crisis. We've gone through the wall. And now we're building in our lives. It's the um, hard journey, inward journey is done. And now we begin to move out to do for God again. We're going to do for him. Some of the doing may be the same of what we did before. We might go right back to what we're doing, but it's from a different foundation with God. It's a different relationship with God. And we rediscover his accepting love for us. And so as we walk through these walls, we understand that, and we go through these tough journeys, 
we come to a point where all of a sudden we understand the accepting love of God. And we're going to talk a little bit about this today. It says, and then number six is transformed into love. And as we walk through the inward journey and then we walk through the outward journey, God continues to work in us to shape us. And this is that we are made perfect in his love. His love becomes our love. And then we're able to change the way we love towards God and to others because of how we understand his love in us. So 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so when we understand that it's God's love, it's his perfect love that helps us to walk through these challenges. Because here's what uh, Peter talks about how these walls come into our lives. And he relates them to seasons. He relates them to like fall, winter, spring, and summer. And as Pastor Charles said in the opening, we are so close to spring and we can see the uh, snow melting. We can see it getting warmer and the sun is out longer. The days are getting longer. And so whether you like it or not, depending on what type of seasons you like, whether you like it or not, spring is coming. And then summer will come. Summer will be here. And then fall will come again. And then sadly, not for some of you, but sadly for me, winter will come again. I just don't like the cold. But we have to realize that whether we like it or not, the walls happen in our lives. And we go through seasons. We go through great seasons with God, and then we go through hard seasons. We go through great seasons and hard seasons. And every time we come out of those hard seasons, we have a deeper relationship with Him. Now, we need to understand that walls are not trials. Walls are not trials. James says in James 1, 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And Peter does such a good job in this, at separating the differences. And he says this, he refers to trials as like traffic jams that you're stuck in in traffic. Long lineups, or uh, let me add in some, the, like a, a canceled appointment that you were waiting for, or a forgotten appointment. You're waiting for somebody and all of a sudden they don't show up because they forgot. Um, the church not being open. This is a trial. This is not a wall. Having to wear a mask. These are trials. These are not walls. Walls, here is what walls are. He does such a great job defining what a wall is. Walls are David, King David, running for his life for 13 years from a crazy King Saul trying to kill him. That's a wall. The disciples standing at the foot of the cross confused because their Messiah was dead. Their Messiah was dying on the cross. And the other, another wall is Job losing his family and everything in a day. Gone. These are walls. Walls that we may have experienced is losing a loved one unexpectedly. A divorce. A betrayal a car accident, a child walking away from their faith, struggling to get pregnant, wanting to get married, but still not married, a dryness or a loss of joy in our relationship with God. These are walls that we've encountered. These are walls that we come up against. These are things that cause us to question ourselves, to question God, to question the church. Peter says this, at the wall, we learn that true faith is trusting God 
even when we don't feel him. Do you know how hard it is to trust God when you don't feel him? When you don't see him working, when you don't see him doing anything, you continue to pray. Many of you have been in these places where you have a hard time because you're stuck you're, and you don't know what's going on. But maybe this chapter has even just helped. This study has helped to just say, hey, where you're at, you're at a wall. And God actually wants to take you through this wall. He actually wants to walk with you through it. Because Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us this, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the insurance about what we do not see. So when I don't see something happening, when I, as Peter says, it's when we learn to true faith and trusting in God when we don't see him doing anything or we don't feel him. But yet in Hebrews, then Hebrews tells us, faith is the cons- confidence in what we hope for in the insurance when we don't see him working. This is what the wall is. When we still have the confidence in him, when we learn to have this confidence, even though we don't see him working. See, last week I talked about uh, the rejections that I've experienced in my life and how I had to walk through those. And in those times, it was the wall of like, God, where are you? And then I had to walk through the wall of Melissa's and my engagement breakup. And we had to walk through the wall of two miscarriages. And it was so hard to walk through these walls. In those moments, you're trying to figure out where God is. You're trying to figure out what he's doing. And there was times where I believe that some of these walls, I hit them. And I honestly believe for a moment, maybe for a little while, I actually just sat down. I didn't feel like moving forward. I didn't have the energy or the heart to press in and go, okay, God, what's going on? I just hit these walls and I questioned God. I remember um, praying so directly to God in anger and trying to talk through like, God, what are you doing? I didn't know if I wanted to or if I could go through these situations. But trusting God when I couldn't feel him has helped me to learn a deeper love and relationship with him. I was finding confidence or hope in those moments. And finding hope and confidence is hard. It's not something that's easy in those times when you're against the wall. It's so hard. You have sleepless nights. I had sleepless nights and I remember being angry at God. And then finally, finally, in every one of those situations, the wall would begin to crack. It would begin to crack and I'd begin to to see some light shine through the wall, but it took time and it took pressing into God when I didn't feel him. It spent time praying and reading his word when it felt dry. And then all of a sudden, as it began to press in, that light began to shine through warmer than it's ever shined before. And then you go deeper into this relationship as you go through this wall. And I could begin to see God working in my life. He was strengthening me, encouraging me. And then he began to use me to strengthen and encourage others because of it. And then the joy begins to come back. And so how do we know as we walk through this time, as we journey through the wall, how do we know if we're getting through the wall? How do we know where we are in the process? How do we know if we're making process? Well, Peter gives us four dynamics that we need to look at to know that we're working through. And as as you're working through the wall, you're going to have these four things in your life. And the very first one is you're going to have a greater level of brokenness, a greater level of brokenness. This greater level of brokenness is where we have a new level of understanding of God's mercy in our lives. God's mercy in my life. 
And so the more that I walk through hard times, the more I see how God helps me through them, it really begins to work in my heart where I stop judging other people. And so if you're working through this, you're going to begin to stop judging other people because we understand that without God's mercy in my life, I know who I really am. I know my thoughts. I know the way I can think. I know the way I can act without God with me on a daily basis. Peter, he makes a comment. He compares this judgment of like, we're judging in the world and then as we get saved, we stop judging as the world's judges, but then we just change our language. And we begin to make comments like this, that look at what he's doing or look at her. I can't believe they call themselves Christians and we begin to judge. Or I can't believe the church is doing that or I can't believe that church isn't doing that. And we begin to judge differently. And so when we begin to understand the mercy that we have received from God, this brokenness, we begin to receive it and give it to others. Because what happens is when we begin to have this another level, this great level of brokenness, you begin to understand um, the mercy you receive daily. And this is actually, Melissa and I've talked about this throughout this series, whether on a Sunday morning or in the table talks. And this is the chapter where Peter mentions the line that we've quoted so many times. Because of the extent of the mercy that we have received, we begin to share it. And Peter writes this on page 110 of the book. It says that a person who's so secure in the love of God that she is unable to be insulted. We get to a point where we're so secure in God's love that we're not really able to be insulted. And because when criticized, judged, or insulted, they think to themselves, it is far worse than you think. It is far worse than you think. And this isn't a self-pity moment or a false humility, but it's a knowledge of God's love. I know my faults. I know the amount of times that I've made mistakes and the amount of times even uh, today that I've messed up or yesterday that I messed up and the mistakes that I make. And so when we get to a place of brokenness with God and somebody comes and, and criticizes or critiques us or judges us, we're able to process and go, huh. and we just think to ourselves, man, if you only knew how bad it really is. And it's not self-pity. It's a recognition that without God, Man, my brain can think weird and bad things. But with God, with his mercy, I'm able to grow in him and walk in him. And it's his mercy that's new every day. And in that mercy, when I understand who I am, I extend that mercy more and more to others. Because, man, do I need that mercy in return. Francis, St. Francis says this, Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall enjoy everything everything so saint francis and others who have gone through the wall they realize that every area of our lives every moment of our lives depends on the mercy of god i need god's mercy every moment every day to help me to lead the way i'm supposed to lead because if i'm not if he's not helping me i will be selfish i will make selfish choices i'll make bad choices because that's what i am and with god I can be a godly person, a godly example. He fills me, he strengthens me, and I can walk in him. I put on a new self with him daily. The second thing is this, a great appreciation for the holy unknowing. The holy unknowing. This part of the chapter, you actually need to go back and read. 
I'm actually going to encourage you that you need to go back to the book. And in this chapter, you need to read this part, the great anticipation, appreciation for the holy unknowing. When you read it, you begin to make through the walls that we only understand more um, how much we don't understand. The more walls we go through, the more we understand that we don't know. But trusting God is the best place to be. And Peter, this is why you have to go back and read this part. Peter talks about this, uh, uses a story in this part of the chapter that shows just how much we don't know what a blessing is or what a disaster is. And he's using a father and a son and a couple horses as they talk this through. And you need to go back and read this because I can only relate it to when Melissa and I, when we broke up, it ended up being the best thing for my walk with God which then ended up being the best thing for our relationship. But when it happened, it was not a blessing. I would classify it as a disaster. But in the story that's in the book that you need to go read, this father would question, well, is it a disaster or is it a blessing? And then when you get a blessing, is this a blessing or is this a disaster? And it's so hard just to realize, you know what? I actually have appreciation for the holy unknown. God, you are in charge. You are in control. And you know what's best and so this holy unknown unknowing the unknowing of what god is doing actually creates this level of anticipation this level of excitement and so when we get to this level it's a fun place to be challenging at times but fun i encourage you please go back and read this part of the book again number three is a deeper ability to wait for God, a deeper ability to wait for God. Going through the wall forces us. We have no choice in these times where we hit this wall and we come to a crisis in our walk with God that we need to wait on him. God, I don't know what to do. I need to wait on you. And so we process the wall by spending time with him and waiting on him. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is David telling us to wait on him. Psalms 130, uh, verse 5 and 6a, it says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. David learned how to wait for God when he was running and hiding from Saul. Here David kills Goliath and has this huge victory, and then he turns around and has to run and hide for like 13 years, and he's hiding. David learned to wait. Moses tries to free God's people and by killing somebody, and then Moses has to go wait on God for 40 years before God shows up. When we think of David for 13 years, and we think of Moses for 40, how many years have we been waiting? How many years really have we been waiting as we're working through this wall? I'm not trying to discourage you, if it's, <laughs> but I'm trying to encourage you that these guys made it through. We will make it through when we trust in the Lord. And Jesus himself, he went into the desert after his baptism to pray and to fast and wait on the Lord. And as he did those 40 days, Luke tells us in Luke 14 or 414, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Waiting for us is just like Jesus went and waited it gets us closer to God. It gets us closer to his presence and understanding his heart. And the number four is a great detachment. A greater detachment. A greater detachment to the things of this world. And we become more attached to God. 
a greater detachment. The things of this world don't seem as important. I'm going to read a uh, scripture here that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29 to 31. It says, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. How many of us know that? That the time is short. God is coming back. For now, from now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they do not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if they were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Now, what does this mean? Because this means this can jump off the rails really fast when you read, brothers and sisters, for those who have wives, you should live as if you don't. No, he's not saying you don't honor the covenant of your marriage. What he's talking about, this doesn't give us an excuse to be a bad husband or a bad wife or uh, to love somebody else. This is Paul is saying that we need to be concerned about God's desires. So when God is speaking, I need to know that God's desires are above Melissa's desires, that God's desires are above my desires. And as we walk through life like this, as we realize that it's coming to an end, so is it okay to go buy things as he talks about we should, as though if you're going to buy something as if those, that it's not worth buying? Or it's, no, what he's saying is whatever you buy, whatever you have is going to stay here. So whatever you're putting your energy towards, if you are working right now overtime and extra hours because you're saving up to get a toy, to get some kind of thing, some kind of possession for earth, but you're denying your time with the Lord, you're not prioritizing it, you're not sharing your faith with your neighbors, then now this is where Paul is saying you're out of line. And this is where we talk about as we grow through these walls, we will have a greater detachment of the things of this world and a stronger attachment to the things of God. And we will press into him and we will honor him in all areas of our lives. Peter makes this statement. When we put our claws into something and we don't want to take them out, we are beyond enjoying them. We now must have them. And so this great detachment is if I, um, if I wanted something really bad and I got it. So I wanted, uh, I wanted a new TV and I get a new TV and I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden something happens, it falls and it breaks. Where am I in my walk? Where am I? Is this going to devastate me or am I going to move on? Because God is is more important. What am I attached to? What do I put my claws into that if God removes it, am I still going to be okay? If something is removed from our lives, we'll remain faithful to God because of our relationship. So it could be a thing. It could be a person. If it's removed, will we still be faithful to the Father? Going through the walls help us detach from the desires of this world and bring us to a place of peace with just being with God. When I've gone through the walls that I've walked through, there's, it's getting to a place where, God, I'm at peace with just you. All I need in my life is you. So Melissa's in my breakup. I know we've talked about it a lot, but this is a wall that I walked through. And here is what I learned in that time. I learned who Chad is with Christ. I learned my identity in Christ my identity in Christ. So if something were to happen to Melissa, if she never came back into my life, 
I was still the same person called by God. If something happened now, I'm still the same person called by God. Melissa knows who she is in Christ. If something happens to me, she is still the same person in Christ. This is what it works through. This is where we get through as we walk through these struggles. If I lose something, if, um, you know, if there's an accident, we lose one of our cars, we are okay. If we lose something, we are okay because of our relationship and being at peace with God. Philippians, Paul says this in Philippians 4, 11, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Have you learned to be content whatever the circumstances? I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And this is what helps us as we go through these walls. As we walk through these walls in these tough times, we begin to understand that really all we need is Jesus. And I know it's such a Christian answer, but when you walk through the walls, that's the reality that you come back to. You know what? I just need Jesus. And this is where we're going to walk through as we walk through this series together. I just need Jesus. I just need his approval. I don't need approval of men. I just need his love and his mercy. So if people criticize and judge me, Lord, you know fully who I am and you still love me and your love is unconditional so I can walk through these tough times. So going through the wall helps us to know how much we need God every day. It helps us to trust God in every situation. He really does know more. Understand that. We know that, but sometimes we have to remind ourselves to help us to trust him in every situation because really, God, remind me again that you really do know more than I do. And number three, he helps us to wait on him and it helps us to be content with what he's given us or doesn't give us. So here's what I want to do now. We didn't do this last week, but I know what we can do this today. I want you to take two minutes in your home. And as we're talking about going through these walls, if you're like me, you need somebody to pray with you. You need somebody to help you because going through these walls are challenging. Yes, we need more of Jesus to get through the wall. But here's what I want you to do. In your uh, house right now, I want you to pray with each other. Share with each other real fast. You're going to have two minutes. Share real quick um, what you, the wall you're trying to work through, if you're willing to. Uh, share what it is. And then pray and encourage one another. If you're listening right now and you're at home by yourself and you're like, well, I have nobody to pray with. Right now online, our prayer team is waiting for you. And so Go to our website, click on the Sunday morning prayer, and they will be there to pray with you and encourage you. So if you're there, they will pray with you. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you were encouraged and able to strengthen each other with this time of prayer together. I know some of you t- uh, message me and tell me how it started conversations and it helps and grow as a family. So I really hope it helped you. And if you're, again, sitting at home, I really hope you took time and call in and have people pray with you. And so let's pray together. Father, I thank you for these books and these lessons, Lord, and the message that you put on Peter's heart to share with all of us. Lord, I pray that you help us all. Give us the strength to get through the wall. Help us not to judge others and to receive your mercy new every day. 
And Lord, help us to trust you even when we don't see you or feel you working. Lord, help all of us to slow down and to wait on you. Because Father, we know that you are speaking. And Lord, help us to detach ourselves from the desires of this world that's all around us. And Lord, help us to be content with what you've given us. And Lord, help us today to do your will. Help us this week to speak to others and to share your love. Let us be a light for them as we continue to grow deeper with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so I just want to remind you that we are opening up for in-person services on March the 14th at 10 a.m. And so you can register on our website for that. And also, just a reminder right now, whether it's about this lesson, whether it's about going through the wall or whether you need a physical touch or any type of prayer, our prayer team is online waiting to pray with you. And so go to our website, click on Sunday morning prayer and let somebody pray with you. God bless you and we will see you next week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 